Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Learner's Corner Podcast, the podcast for lifelong learners where we learn from anything and everything. I'm Caleb Mason. I am not Caleb Mason. My name is, in fact, Todd Ixenball, a.k.a. the Todd Father. And we're back. After a little while, after a little bit of a break, we are back and better than ever. And Todd, we are going to look back on August and all the stuff that we've been learning from, some of the lessons that we've been learning as well. Have we been learning stuff? Well, I've been learning stuff. Oh, good. Have you been learning anything? Well, I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Well, I guess we're going to find out. So let's uh, let's get started with, uh, with podcasts because this is a podcast and we like listening to podcasts. So let's talk about podcasts. What are some of the podcasts that you have been listening to lately, Todd? Some of the ones that have you know, stood out to you, whether it be specific episodes or maybe just some new podcasts that you've started listening to. Um, so a couple, and here they are. I have been listening to School of Laughs, which is one that I brought up before, mm-hmm. but it is like the Bible right now for anybody who is in stand-up comedy or just wanting to get into comedy in general. Um, it's run by a guy named Rick Roberts, and he's a comedian out of um, the Nashville area, and it literally details. I, I brought it up before because um, Andrew Stanley was a guest on there, and he mentioned it, and uh, um, it, it, that's kind of what brought it to my attention. So I mentioned that episode, but I have been I've been listening to this thing, and I'm telling you what, it's actually helping me improve as a communicator. Hmm. How so? Okay, so some of these things are totally relevant to this. So he interviews this person named Grace Klein and talks about um, taking chances. And so when you're communicating, sometimes you can, there's following the script, and following the script is usually the correct thing to do. But you have to feel the moment when you're going to have to take a chance and do something that's going to that's gonna help break through the barrier. It talks about barriers. That one was a great one that, that helped. Another one that was, um, another one that was really, really um, helpful was um, there was an episode where he interviews this person named Damian Mason. And it's talking about doing business better. And so, hey, if you're just starting out as an, as an individual talent, how can you, like, how, what's the business side? I mean, you've never had to think about this before. You're just being funny. Or in, or in the case of you and I, right, with what we do, whether it's podcasting or whatever, hey, we have no idea what we're doing. Help us. And so it's, a, it's almost an hour where they're just talking about basic business stuff to think about for, for how to set yourself up. And it, it's just, it's packed full of all sorts of great things. There's an episode where he interviews Ross Bennett and talks about joke delivery. Now, okay. That sounds kind of silly. Like, why would, why would people who work in a church, um, why would people who work in a church need to know about that? But, but he goes into a whole section where he talks about diction, enunciation, talks about how you have to understand what piece of a message you want to put where. Very relevant to what we do particularly working in the church. Mm-hmm. Great, ep- great podcast, something I've been learning a ton from, really have enjoyed it a lot. The next one that I've really been all about is, um, is let me find it. Uh, I'm back on, so I, I, I left it for a little while, but it's part of the Ringer Network, and it's called uh, Black on the Air, and it's by Larry Wilmore. Mm-hmm. And um, the reason I kind of got off of it was because it was becoming so one-sided. I mean, and it's, it's, a more, it's a more liberal podcast. And it was getting to the point where it was so one-sided that I was going to have to put it into a different category like of, of how I view things. So like I have podcasts and things that go to the right, podcasts and things like that that go to the left. And I was just totally going to have to put it into that, the left category. Like I was just going to have to put it there. Mm-hmm. And then they did something interesting. Uh, Larry Wilmore started bringing on conservatives, brought in Ben Shapiro in particular. Does this whole interview with Ben Shapiro, and it really changed things. Where you could see there was an intention of, hey, yeah, we're we're more of a left leaning podcast. We're gonna really blast people who we think are doing what what's outside of what we agree with, but we're also willing to interview and talk to somebody who's on the other side of the spectrum. And and so I, I kind of when I saw that and I listened to that episode, which that episode was probably about a month ago now, um, and I'm kind of going through the feed to to see where it was at, but. Um, it, that was where I, I, I kind of placed, yeah, it was about, it was, um, oh boy, it was almost two months ago. Um, that was where I, I started listening to it again. And so I picked it up this month and they've had some great, um, they've had some really, really great 
episodes. So they had Robin Thede come on. They had um, Ira, Ira Madison, uh, Cory Booker, who's a presidential candidate, hopeful. He came on. People like that. And it really, really has been just rocking. Um, and I've really enjoyed it a lot. So that's one that I've really been learning from. Mm-hmm. Those, are, those are two. Like, we'll, 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 There's others that I just listen to weekly, right? So Joe Rogan Experience is one that I listen to every episode that comes out. He recently interviewed um, Bernie Sanders. He also interviewed um, Dan, Hen- uh, uh, Dan Crenshaw, who was the representative who was made fun of by Pete Davidson on SNL. And so uh, Dan came on. He's a very, very fascinating human. Uh, and, and they were able to have a great conversation about it. Jim Gaffigan came on. That's, that's a podcast I'm constantly listening to. And why? So, okay. Kayla, I think we, you and I need to have a conversation about this. Okay. Because you and I have had a, con- a conversation. Well, you about- and I have had a conversation about this, I think, like, just personally. But I, so I get criticized a lot for listening to the Joe Rogan podcast, for the <laughs> Joe Rogan experience, uh, experience. Why do you think, like, I know why for me, but why is it that, that it's, it's, it's a dumb opinion or a dumb idea for Christians just to say, I'm only going to listen to Christian podcasts? Because I know that you and I have had this conversation before. And so, uh, how about this? I'll start. Because I get criticized the most for listening to Joe Rogan. Like, when people ask me what I'm listening to, usually the first one I say is, there was this Joe Rogan episode that was un- unbelievable. And they're like, aren't you a Christian? Why do you, why do you listen to Joe? And for me, I listen to Joe for two reasons. Because if all I ever listened to is Carrie Newhoff, if all I ever listened to is Craig Rochelle and Andy Stanley, and if all I ever listened to is relevant, and if all I ever listened to is all these Christian-based podcasts, I would only have one way of viewing the world. The reason why I listen to Joe Rogan is because he smokes weed and drinks whiskey while recording these podcasts, and that is so far outside of what I do with my own personal life, and it's good for me to be able to see what the other side of things is. And it isn't because I just want to kind of experiment and dip my toe into the water. It's not that at all. It's because I want to have, I want to have the other side of the the conversation i just want to i want to understand things better Mm -hmm. you said that there was two reasons what's the second reason second reason because um joe gets some of the best guests i've ever seen in my life on his show like joe listen joe talks to bernie sanders for an hour and 25 minutes who else has got bernie sanders coming on there's probably a few but not many not for an hour and 25 minutes so the, the guests, like I think that for Christians who, who just kind of write it off, I, I struggle with that because some of these guests that he's bringing on are really high level and they're people who I, I know I want to hear, hear from. And so anyway, that's just me. Caleb has no thoughts about it. That's fine. He doesn't have to. No, I, I have some thoughts on it. I mean, to me, I think, I think you limit yourself whenever, um, whenever you, you say, Hey, I'm not going to like I'm not going to listen to this specific person or listen to the podcast that they create. And I understand that there are, you know, there should be limits. There should be limits. If you struggle um, with things. Yeah. Yep. If you struggle with things and um <clears throat> like so I don't listen to the Joe Rogan podcast. Um but it's not because of, you know, any moral stance or anything like that. I'm just not super interested in it, to be completely honest. And you with don't you. want to listen to four-hour episodes. And that is also true. <laughs> um, but for me, like that's like I'll give you, I uh, like I'll look every once in a while um, at this podcast. I listened to it for a long time, um, you know, continuously as the WTF podcast with Mark Marin, one of the largest podcasts in the world. Yep, yep. And I listened to it for a long time because. Um, one, where you were talking about expanding my perspective, is that I truly believe that I don't need to agree with someone in order to learn from them. And their access to people and to hearing how they think, their, their story and expanding that, honestly, I think it, I think it's incre- like it increases your empathy mm-hmm. as well to hear people, hey, like this is why that I do the things that I do, which, I mean... Having not listened to, it, I could probably guess though. Like you've like Joe probably gets into a a lot of that stuff. He does, and it's lo- and, and these podcasts like Mark Barron's podcast again, another one that I know a lot of Christians are like even the name they're like the WTF podcast, Todd. Like what are we doing? It's long form. I get to hear these ideas really expounded upon, 
Like, it's not like on Twitter where you give an idea and then somebody immediately has a snipe back for you. It's long form. I can, exp- I can listen to these people who I don't agree with on, their, on, on its face. I can hear them really talk about why they believe things that they believe and why they say things that they say. Some of my favorite episodes is when Joe interviews atheists. Like, he will interview staunch atheists, scientists who come in fully prepared to, like, rip things apart. And Joe agrees with them. And it's good for me to hear because I need to hear. Like, Andy Stanley talks about all the time how he reads things from from Sam Harris. From Sam Harris. um, How he reads things from uh, Dawkins and and all these people who are very, very, very avowed and very, very um, staunch in their belief. Atheists or agnostics. Mm -hmm. And, and, and it's the same thing for me. Now, is too much, can, can there be too much of this? Yeah, of course there is, right? So if it starts influencing you to the point where you're starting to say, hey, you know, I think that this whole Jesus thing is kind of, uh, I don't know about that. Well, okay, now we need to talk about, we need to have a different type of conversation, I think. Mm-hmm. But for me, as I'm listening to these podcasts, I think that it's just good to, for us to understand different sides of the perspective. Because if we understand different sides of the perspective, we don't simply try to shut down the other side. Well, let's like it's even like refusing to listen to the to the other side, whatever that is, whether that's, you know, a religious view, a political view or whatever it is like us refusing to do that is hypocritical because we want them to listen to us. Mm-hmm. And if we're unwilling to listen to the person on the opposite side. Yep. Like if we're not willing to listen, why should they listen to us? I'm, I'm totally with you. Um, and then I have just one, I have a single episode that I'm going to bring up that I want to, that I want to put out there. Okay. And it comes from a podcast I've mentioned several times before, the Creative Pep Talk. And it came out, um, it came out uh, back in July, and it's called The 10 Business Books That Saved Me and Their 10 Secrets. It came out in July, on July 23rd, and I just listened to it this, this month, and it it really, it really, really goes in depth. And it, and it is, it is for sure a, a high, was a highlight for me because it's, some of the books are books that I've already read, but there were several of them, um, that I hadn't even heard of. And so it unlocked just some, like what's one that you haven't heard of? It unlocked some people for me. I don't remember right now. I listened to it like (laughs) three weeks ago, but it's fine. It's Uh. fine. Um, Caleb can put it in the show notes. It'll, it'll be cool. Um, enjoy that. All right. I'm done. Okay. So uh, here's some that I've been listening to. Here are some standouts for me. So um, I'm, way be, I'm still way behind on my podcast listening. So a lot of these are older episodes. We should talk about why. We'll get into that later. We'll get into that at the end of the, end of the episode. Um, but uh, here's, here's some ones from Kerry that have stood out to me. He did an interview with Ron Kitchens. Again, remember, he's behind, so we know these are like a month or two old. Well, if you don't listen to these podcasts, then I'm, to you, maybe I'm not behind. Right. But uh, he did this interview with Ron Kitchens and talked with him about leading authentically. Um, yep. He talked about this idea of leaving loudly, yep. which was really impactful to me. And really the idea behind it is that the people who you're leading need to know that it's okay to prioritize life outside. Yeah. You. That like, they need to prioritize you. Yeah. Like and, yourself. Yeah. And that they need, if you're the leader, they need to see you leaving. They need to see you taking breaks. Yes. They need to see you monitoring, or not monitoring, modeling taking self-care. And setting the example. So that was... It was a fascinating interview. Another one uh, is by Sam Collier. Sam's a friend of the show. And, they, and again, he talked with him also about, you know, how to be authentic while receiving feedback and criticism. And, you know, Sam talked about, you know, getting involved at North Point Community Church yeah. and, you know, trying to remain himself while also, you know, connecting with the audience. Finding his own voice. Finding his own voice. Plug. And then also talked with him about, um, about how he built his platform, which. Sam has, you know, been doing a lot of work with like the Global Leadership Summit and all that stuff and just on the rise right now. Sam's, Sam is, Sam is the, hot, the, the hot topic at the moment. Uh, another one is from Greg Rochelle, uh, The Art of Energy Management. Oh, 
this this episode changed things for me but continue and uh yeah tell what were some of your highlights from that one i want to hear we haven't talked about this yet well i mean i think i think part of it is just realizing the things that give life to you and prioritizing those yeah. and then just realizing the things that um, that just that drain you and realizing that those aren't necessarily bad things. Yes. And the other thing is too, and I can't remember because there is I haven't gotten so uh so I listened to the episode that was shortly after that, but I haven't listened to it again in a long time. So I can't remember. Yeah, I can't, so I can't remember if it's in that episode or this episode. But he also talked about the idea that you can be good at things that drain you as well. Mm -hmm. And there are some things that you're bad at that can give you energy as well. And just really the idea behind that, because I think at least I feel like most people, and I even fell into this, uh, this camp as well, is that we think, well, the things that give me energy are the things that I'm good at. The things that, I'm, that drain me are things that I'm bad at. And that's not always the case. And I think that the important thing for me with, with that episode in particular was I think that I had this idea in my mind that I need to fill my life only with things that give me energy. And I need to minimize everything that takes my energy. Mm-hmm. Energy is for, for an individual, I'm looking at it way less in terms of a glass half empty and now i'm starting to try because this episode to look at it as a glass half full and the reason why is because our energy is there and it's really there for us to use we have to figure out what what it is that we need to do to be productive and to do the things that we that we need to do in life and so there are things that we do that do drain our energy it's just the way that it is Mm -hmm. right and and i think that it's things like, um, for a lot of people, exercising, reading, things that are actually good for them to do, they can be draining, but they're good for them to do. But it doesn't mean that they have to build their life, and if they don't build their life around those two things, they're going to fail at life. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that at all. They're just good for them to do. For me, um, I am at my best when I'm sitting in the middle of a very crowded Starbucks, and when I am talking to people. People give me energy. But it isn't always a good thing for me to be around and surrounded by people all the time. I need to, to disconnect. And so it was really good for me to be able to hear what he was saying because I think that we have a mixed up idea that things that give us energy are only ever good mm-hmm. and things that take energy away are only ever bad. Yep. And it's not as linear as that. It's not as binary as that. Yep, exactly. Uh I've been listening a lot to the this That Sounds Fun podcast with Annie F. Downs. Annie. And here's some episodes that have really stood out to me that I've been listening to. I'm actually caught up on this podcast. Um, is Heather Avis. And she talked with uh, Annie about being an advocate for the marginalized. Mm-hmm. Great episode. Lauren Daigle. Oh, my goodness. Talk to him. I love this episode. Talk to him about it. So much. Basically... Uh, I haven't really, I haven't heard anyone have as long an interview with Lauren as Annie has had. And it's about, uh, I think it's a little shorter than 90 minutes long, but again, put that on two times speed. It goes fast. You get through it in, in about 45 minutes, but you'll be fine. They talked, Lauren talked about the story behind her. Um, I guess it would be like her breakout album. Um, I don't know if it's Breakout. It's the one that came it's, out. It's the most, it's her, easily her most successful. It's the one that came out um, last year, right? Yeah, it's the one that yeah. came out last year called Look Up Child. And really the story behind that, and it's just a fascinating, it's a fascinating interview. I don't really want to spoil anything too much. Um, but She gets into some behind the scenes things that I don't think the average fan would know about. And some decisions that she made that... Um, were shocking. That were shocking. but. I would say kind of ended up leading to the success of this album. Well, I think that it's a, I think that the entire episode and the decisions that she made is a testament to obedience towards God. Yes. That would be, I mean, it, and it's, and it's not just because, oh, well, she was going to succeed with whatever she did because she's Lauren Daigle and she's supremely talented. No, I think if you listen to this episode, I think that you'll come away with a very different perspective mm-hmm. where 
I think she's pretty convinced that if she hadn't made some, some, some of her decisions that she did, I don't think she actually thinks that she would have succeeded at it at all. Yep. Um, so anyways, that you're right though. Unbelievable episode. And then, uh, I think we mentioned this earlier. So Annie had been doing this series of podcasts all about the Enneagram. And so, um, she kind of wrapped up, uh, all of those, um, after like they like questions got sent in and everything. And she did like an Enneagram, like Q and a with this guy named Seth Abrams and absolutely fascinating. Learned a lot from that very, uh, like if you want like a deeper look at the Enneagram, this is definitely a podcast to listen to. Um, and then she talked with Drew Holcomb of Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors. And he talked about his story and it was just really, uh, just very vulnerable as well. A great episode. Um, Caleb loves it whenever people show their emotion. Yeah, that's because Caleb, that's Caleb I've been is very in touch with his emotions. I am. Very uh, in touch. There's an inside joke there. Another uh, another podcast slash series I've been listening to is from North Point Community Church Uh-oh. with our guy Andy freaking Stanley. Killing it. He's been in the series called Loves, Dates, and Heartbreaks. You've been listening to this, Todd? You know I have been because that's all my life is. <laughs> Loves, love, dates, and heartbreaks. That's all my life is, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that could be like uh we need like a separate a episode for this. I was gonna say I feel like that could be like a <laughs> uh sequel song to like Young Dumb and Broke, Love Dates and Oh Breaks. yes, it should yeah. be. Oh man. You know what would be even better is if they did is if um they did for an opener, they did a they did one of his songs. <laughs> yeah. Shout uh, out to to Khalid or Cat what did we say how you pronounce his name? Khalid? Khaled. Khaled, whatever it is. Shout no, out Khalid. It's Khalid. It's Khalid. Yeah, I yeah. felt like it was not Khaled. It's Khalid. No, I that's think. DJ Khaled. DJ Khaled. Shout out to DJ Khaled, too. Okay. Um, so if you want to become better at relational skills, listen to that. And by the way, Andy, right now, so we say this all the time. So we don't talk about Andy Stanley a whole lot on the podcast in terms of his preaching. Actually, I feel like I bring up something no, 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 from no. him. I'm, every talking, I'm, not, I'm talking about his preaching. I'm talking about preaching. And the reason why is because we're so enamored with his books and his other things that he does. And so I feel, but I feel like every time that we do mention this, we we're always say something like Andy is like as good as he's ever been before. Andy, every series gets better. True. And this is another example of that where he's like, just he's killing them right now. Like he is murdering. Well, he's not really murdering people, but he's literally, he's like murdering people right now on that stage with his preaching at the moment. It's, yes. it's just so good. Okay, speaking of love, I got another podcast I'm listening to as well. It's called the Lover Work Podcast with Jeff and Andre Schinnebarger. I just want to get to the spot where I can start talking about Taylor Swift's new album. So let's just, <laughs> let's just get through this. And uh, basically, it's a really fascinating uh, podcast. They interview uh, different couples, and they're kind of setting on a goal of uh, having it happen in two years. This one, I started all the way at the beginning of it. Um, but they've been going through and interviewing all these different couples about different relationships. And the question that they're trying to answer is, is it possible to change the world, stay in love and raise a healthy family? Mm. And so it's, um, there's a lot of great things, a lot of things that I'm learning Mm. from it and some very great stories as well. And then final podcast that I'm listening to is one from Entree Leadership. Have you started listening to that again? Uh, no. Okay. I just, you see, there's some podcasts that I'll just go back through and I'll see, okay, what, what episode? Or have they Where come are they out at? With, like, yeah, what's going have on they come one? out with any good episodes? And so that's what happened this time. And I saw that they had Ian Morgan Crone back on the podcast a, 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 talking about fire. why self-knowledge matters. And here's just some gems that I'm going to drop from you. Oh. Self-knowledge is a precursor to self-awareness. You need to do the hard work of self-knowledge before you can enjoy the benefits of self-awareness. In other words, you need to find out about yourself before you can be aware of your tendencies. Oh, bleep. Yeah. And then listen to this, Todd. Most of what you're going to learn about yourself, you're going to learn from others. Oh, bleep. You're a mystery to yourself. Oh, man. (laughs) Killing them. And that's so true, though. It it is. That's so true. Well, it it would some. Who was it? Uh, who who said at Catalyst last year, Catalyst Conference, 
that you know you're oh it wasn't a catalyst it was a it was a conversation i had with a friend of ours ashley uh, ashley bohans and she's like hey you know like your 20s and 30s really are just for figuring out who the heck you are like who you are how you function how you think how you react to things like it's just about that so yeah no i'm i'm i'm, I'm with you Let's hit this real quick before we get uh, T Swift, oh, because I don't have anything in this category. And I have anything in music? No, I'm no, I'm saying you got any movies or videos that you want? I don't have anything no. this month. Okay, so we're skipping movies and videos. I guess there haven't been. If you want any recommendations, go back to our previous months. We got some good stuff there. Okay, let's get to music. All right. Let's go, go. No, I want you to go first. Okay, so as you, uh, if you've been listening for a little bit. So I create a playlist each month for all the music that I've been listening to. I'll get you with some quick hits of some songs that have been standing out to me. And then I'll tell you uh, a couple of albums. Give us some stuff. So Hillsong Worship, King of Kings. Oh, my Lord. Incredible. Okay. New Point, if you're listening. New Point, a.k.a. the church I work at. I need you to do this as an opener. I need, you, I need you to do this as an opener. Just saying. Shout out to New Point. Okay. Caleb has nothing to say. Caleb doesn't want to get in trouble. That's what it is. Okay. Next. Speak, we talked about Lauren Daigle earlier. Rescue. Ooh. Oh, my goodness. Ooh. Of Monsters and Men. Ooh. The song Wild Roses. Ooh. Judah and the Lion. Let Go. Local Sound. Heaven. Shepherd. This, is, this song coming up is an older song, but I just discovered it. Shepherd, on my way. Then we got another Hillsong song. Killing them. Hillsong song. Say that. Hillsong song. <laughs> Hillsong United Highlands. We were talking about this. Yeah, this. The other day. Yes. Such I, a and good so I, song. And so I listened to it. Because I hadn't listened to it yet, had I? I forget. I don't know. But I listened to it yesterday. And then you cried. I did cry on that song. That's embarrassing. There's a lot of truth. So I'm not done bringing, yet. I'm not done yet. Caleb's bringing all the Christian songs <laughs> Yeah, not all of those are Christian. <laughs> what are you talking about? Okay. Then uh, I, I mentioned this. I mentioned this last month, but it deserves repeating because I've had a full month to enjoy it. And the last time, I think I had like a couple of days. Wolves at the Gates album Eclipse is so powerful. It's, it reminds me a lot of the Psalms. You know what? It is true because they did. They kind of got into this bag where they were like, "Remember the song, um, uh, this I believe, that song." It was like that, but metal. <laughs> like that's the best way to describe that album. <laughs> like the song, this I believe, but like just the metal version. The metal. Of, like just okay. the metal version of that. Okay. Yes. And then. <laughs> Andy Minio's new project, Work in Progress. Which literally just came out today. The day that we're recording. The day this. that we're recording. It came out today. On, and it is on awesome. Friday. Okay, that's yeah. all the music that I have. You can oh. look for my music playlist Caleb's, in the show notes. Caleb's gonna have that in the show notes. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Let's go. Alright, I'm gonna start with with albums. Some really good albums have come out in August. Okay. First one up is by a lady named Snow Allegra. Okay. Right? Snow Allegra. And, the, and the, the album is called Ugh, These Are Those Feels Again. Or as I like to say, dang it, I like this person. This album is literally called the Ugh, Those Feelings, Those, those Feels Again. And there is a song on here called uh, find someone like you that's like a throwback to like 60s R&B soul stuff. And it is, it's just a gorgeous, gorgeous song. This album, like this album is may, maybe one of my favorites. Um, Joe Budden the other day actually said it was the best album that has been out all year. But I, that's just whatever. It's, it, is one of, it is one of the better ones that I've listened to. Um, we got to talk about it. We got to talk about it. Rick Ross came out with an album in the, the month of august it's called port of miami 2 for all of you that are right now screaming at your phone saying todd you're a christian why are you listening to this music see our comments about the joe rogan experience from earlier 
<laughs> this song, this this album is so good. My favorite song off of this album, Caleb. Are you ready for it? Sure. Gold Roses featuring Drake, Caleb J. Mason. So so good. All right. So those are those two. Now 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 we have the one that we were left to talk about. And I and you have you listened to any? You know what I'm gonna say. Have you listened at all to the album yet? No. Right. Here's, here's the next question. Will you listen to this album? Probably not. Taylor Swift came out with Lover, the album, today. I may or may not have stayed up to listen to two things last night. Andy Minio's new work in progress and Taylor Swift's album, Lover. Which did you listen to first? Andy Minio's project. Okay. Do you know why? Shorter. <laughs> I played, Caleb, are you ready for this? I played three games on, on NBA 2K with the sound completely off, with my phone laying beside me, just listening to this, these two albums. And Caleb, can I tell you, there are a couple of things on here that are just unbelievable. So one of them is a song which came out like a long time ago off the album. It's called Me. It's got um, Brian, uh, Brendan um, Yuri. Yeah, from Panic at from the Disco. Panic at the Disco. That song's been out for a while. It just is so good hearing it as part of, um, as part of the, an album. I Forgot That You Existed is a song off this thing. I love it. It's, it's the first song on the album, and I always love the first song on albums. Death by a Thousand Cuts. Just go listen to the album. It is so good. It is Taylor Swift channeling her inner lover. And it's beautiful. And it's wonderful. Yeah. All right. A couple of quick things for some you guys. Singles? Well, some, yeah. So we'll go there. Yeah, singles. I've got some singles for you. So by the way, um, Chance the Rapper, end of July, dropped the big day. He dropped his thing. And it was an album, whatever. The song Hot Shower has just continued to be the song I, pl- I go to a lot in the month of August. Hot Shower featuring DaBaby. So good. Caleb, don't laugh at me for saying DaBaby because I'm, I'm the whitest dude ever. <laughs> Do not judge me for this. Um, so good. Hot Shower. Go and, and, and see, see that. Uh, another one is... <clears throat> Uh, hold on. I got to pull this thing up. I got to pull it up, Caleb. He's so impatient. I can't find it. There's, there's some other singles that I have, but I'm using his computer right now, and so I don't have them immediately in my search, recent search history. So it's fine. But anyways, there's lots of good music out right now. Definitely check out Taylor Swift. Definitely really check out Andy Minio. Like, his creativity on this project is like out of this world. It's really out of this world. Port of Miami 2, Rick Ross, Gold Roses, favorite song right now of the summer, featuring Drake. I'm done. Okay. Uh, one other note about that Andy Minio song that I think is, is really good, and I think there's something that we could take away from it as well, is that pretty much all of these tracks that he's releasing on this are, as the title says, work in progress. They're not done yet. They're not done yet, but he was just finding that... Uh, he just reached a point in the creativity process to where, you know, he just let him go. And then someone said, hey, you just need to release this music. So he did. But he didn't just do that. He launched a pod. There's a podcast launched along with this. Yeah. Well, and there's clips of the podcast there's clips all of the throughout pod. the album. Yeah. And it is just, it, it, you know what? Sometimes I think it teaches a big lesson as a creative. Uh, it really does. Um, about how, hey, sometimes you're never going to get something perfect. And sometimes the best thing to do is to ship the shit, as you and I like to say. We talk about this a lot. Sometimes yep. you just have to ship it. You just have to get it out of your hands because you're never, it's never going to be perfect to you. Yep. So, anyway, Caleb just gave me a look because he's like, now we have to do an explicit label because you said the S word. We're not five years old, We're Caleb. Not. Okay, <clears throat> let's go. Books, what you got? Books, baby. Um, I have been reading all sorts of things. So I read the first three Harry Potter books as a reread in a weekend because I'm a freak. So I read that this month. Um, I also read 
uh, the tenth book in the Rangers Apprentice. So I've finished the series again in the Rangers Apprentice. Great series. It's called. It's it's the the tenth book in the series. It's whatever. So I finished that. Go check out the Rangers Apprentice series. It's a great series. Obviously, if you've not read Harry Potter, you're either Amish or living under a rock. Go and read those. Um, and then Caleb, I have an announcement to make. Yes. So because of you, because of the fact that you have been on me about this, guess what I spent the majority of this morning doing? Reading Throne of Glass. I have read about 100 pages, 150 pages this morning in Throne of Glass, loving it. Awesome. At this pace, you'll be done by the end of 2020. I just ordered the next two in the series. I'm all in. Loving it. This is going to be amazing. I am seconding. And again, I'm only the, the first book into this series, and I'm not done with the first one yet, but I am saying this is getting my stamp of approval for a fiction series. Like This is getting my stamp of approval. A couple of things for you to learn from books. Like So those are all fiction books. And by the way, Caleb and I, we are big fiction fans. Like I think people think that we, you and I just read stuff like to learn. Well, we do. We do. We do that. But, but we also read fiction. Yeah. Well, and it's, as we were talking about earlier, finding stuff that energizes you. Yes. That's something that energizes me. Yep. There's a great devotional that was written by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And Dietrich Bonhoeffer is a, I believe, a Christian saint. Um, he was a pastor during Nazi Germany. And um, go research Dietrich Bonhoeffer first. Like, go do that. But he wrote this book. It's, only, it's less than 100 pages. And it's called Psalm. And he, he talks about how the book of Psalms is a prayer book, is the, is the prayer book of the Bible. And so I've been reading through Psalms as, as, while I'm also reading this book that he wrote. And it is really changing my perspective on things. And his, his depth and the, the tender insight that he has into prayer as a, and, and how he applies it to, to the book of Psalms, unbelievable. I, it's going in my, my Holy of Holies. Um, because I think it's such a great reminder of what the functionality of what prayer actually is. It's called Psalm, Psalms, uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Unbelievable. You really need to check it out. Secondly, uh, this is for ministry people. Um, it's personal, is a reread. So I read it whenever it first came out. It's a book by Reggie Joyner. Um, and he came out. And Kristen and, Ivey sorry, and Virginia and, Ward. Yeah, da, 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 okay. And, and so uh, it came out, and it's talking about these five principles that every kid wants um, to, to their questions that they have for you. And so I've been rereading that. It is, it's changing things for me ministry-wise only because now, you know, with my, with my small group leaders and people like that, I'm really going to asking them to ask some of these questions mm -hmm. and think about these questions. Really, really insightful, um, really practical, great examples, um, and, and all that kind of stuff. Now, I have my last book that I have officially finished. Are you ready for it? I think I know what book this is. The Dichotomy of Leadership? Yes. Yeah. So this is a book that I mentioned last month because it took me a month to read this thing. And the reason why is because it's just a book to wrestle with. Because I think you've started, have you started or are you oh, reading yeah. it? I've yeah. started it. Yeah, it's just a book. It's with, in my backpack right it's a, now. It's so practical. Like, it doesn't make sense to not stop and try out what he's talking, what, the, what those two are talking about. Like, you have to stop and try things out that they say. And so for me, it took forever to read it because I would, I would do that, and then I would try to think of how I could apply that, whether it was on a Sunday morning, me working mm -hmm. in a church, or if it was during the week or whatever it was. I needed to try some of these things out. And so I finally finished it. I am giving this book an 8.7 out of 10. It is that good. Whoa. It has a high B for me. The only reason it doesn't have an A is because it, it is because um, their stories were better in their first one. Yeah, there you go. Boom. Uh, I've been reading that too. And as you've been talking about reading things slowly, that's something that I've learned and been working on implementing a lot is just moving at a slower pace through books um but i'm going through a lot of books at the same yeah, time legit this dude's carrying around eight books in his backpack like a weirdo that's true and i'm reading i'm at various points in all of them <laughs> um but here's the thing like that may i was gonna say that may no sound it, it does sound weird it is weird it is crazy but literally like i am using something from 
all of those books right now, which may be hard to believe, but it's true. Um, and so, you know, one thing uh, I'm early on in that economy of leadership, but one thing that we talk a lot about is uh, the tension between tasks and people. Yes. And that's one thing that they talk about as well is that, and I have not heard anyone describe it better than what they're talking about yes. in that book. Because they talk about how, and this is, this I would say is probably the extreme example of it. Because, you know, they're, um, they're seals, not like the animal seals, but Navy seals. And so their lives, their people's, the people that they're leading's lives are literally on the line. Like they could die. And they talk about like caring for their people while at the same time they have a mission to accomplish. And he talks about how you love, they love their men, the people that they lead. Mm -hmm. They love them so desperately, but it's a weird circumstance where they love them desperately, but they have to put them in harm's way. Mm -hmm. And so you have to understand that there are people and you have to handle the people things, but then there are tasks. Like we ultimately have to accomplish the mission. And so how are we going to do that? Well, we're going to set up processes and procedures. We're going to make sure that everybody knows what the processes, everybody knows what the procedures are. We're going to make sure that we're checking in and making sure that people have done the training that they need. There's an example they give about how um, the, the radios. Have you gotten to that part yet? Yep. Yeah, so they talk about the radios and how um, Jocko, who's one of the, the writers, there's a story that he tells about radios and how nobody else in the unit besides the radio man knew how to, how to program a radio. And he's like, well, what happens if something happens to the radio guy? Well, this is a problem, right? If we don't know what, how to do this. And so, hey, we need to make sure everybody's on the same page with training. But we also need to make sure that we're all on the same page because we have to take care of each other. Like, we have to take care of each other. We care about each other deeply. Very, very interesting concept. Decentralized command, again, is another piece that was in there mm-hmm. that I know you and I talk about that a lot. But the idea that, hey, um, the point leader cannot hold all the, all the cards. Yep. And yep. how you have to delegate authority and, and responsibility. Well, yep. And, and it's not even about, it's not even just the delegating part. It's, no, you need to take extreme ownership, which is the first book that they wrote mm-hmm. together, Leif and, and, and Jocko. Not only do you delegate, that person then needs to take extreme ownership over the thing. Like yep. they are now responsible for this thing. Yep. And how do, you, how do you get to that point in your, on your team where people take extreme ownership. Well, even what they were talking about with that of sometimes the point leader can take too much ownership. Yes. Yes. And that too much extreme ownership can prevent other people from taking extreme ownership. And so they talk about this di- this dichotomy um, where there, there is micromanaging. So it's micromanaging versus passive leadership. And so uh, a passive leader is one that, that feels like, Hey, we're loosey goosey here. Um, I'm not going to micromanage at all. The micromanager, we all know what that is. It's a, that's, that's where they're, they're, they are literally have their hands in everything. And so there's a dichotomy to be struck between those two, those two things. Yeah, this book is unbelievable, but it's one that you have to read slowly. Very true. Because it's incredibly practical. So a few others um, that I've been reading. I've been reading a lot about um, relation, like just relationships and becoming better at that. Um, because that's that's one thing that I've realized about myself is that, you know, I spend a lot of time focusing on how to become a better leader, you know, all of that. And one of the things I, I hope to be married one day. And so I'm trying to figure out, okay, so what does it look like to be, you know, a good husband? Like, what does it look like to be a good husband? And so I'm reading a lot of books on relationships and marriage and stuff like that right now. A few that I've been reading is Boundaries for Dating by Henry Cloud and John Townsend, Loveology by John Mark Comer, Love and Respect by Dr. Emerson Egrich. And um, they're all really good. I would say one of the biggest things that I've just taken away from all of those books, um, or for most of the books about relationships, is how much selflessness love truly requires of being willing to put... Um, being willing to put your spouse in, in, in front of yourself, really, like, meet, like wanting to serve their needs and not, and not be as selfish as we could tend to be, but instead being selfless and helping them as much as possible. So I've been reading that. Um, I, uh, someone that we are going to have on the podcast in the future is Clay Scroggins. Uh-oh. I've been reading his new book, How to Lead in a World of Distraction. and 
absolutely love this book. One of the taglines from it is that we need to turn down the noise low enough and long enough for us to pay attention to what's happening inside of us because it's the things inside of us that end up driving our behaviors and ultimately our leadership. And so we'll be talking with Clay um, later, but you need to pre-order his book. It's absolute. I highly recommend it. And it's really good. Another one that I've been going through, and this is a reread. I've been going through it with, um, with a friend of mine is Finish by John Acuff mm-hmm. and working on some goals that I've accomplished in this time. There are some of the things that I'm, that I'm putting into use is, you know, not letting the day after perfect stop me. John Acuff talks about, you know, once, you know, once we don't do something and relating to our goal, we usually stop. And so right. I'm not letting that stop me anymore. Like, hey, like one of the things I've been trying to do is get a lot better at exercising as well and cutting down on my sweets and like sugars and stuff like that. And so if I give in or if I don't exercise one day, like not just saying, oh man, I'm done, I'm through with it, but continuing to persevere to continue to go as well. And then the other thing is cut your goal in half. Uh, I set out this um, huge audacious goal to, um, so I'm kind of setting goals in three month increments right now. And so I thought, man, one of the things I need to get a lot better at is I need to get a lot better at memorizing scripture. And one of the things I was going to, or that, um, one of my goals was to memorize the entire Romans eight chapter. That's a lot to memorize. And I think I was a little overly ambitious. And so my goal you wanted to memorize the entire eighth chapter of the book of Romans. Yes. This is why you're an Enneagram three. <laughs> like if anybody ever needed evidence as to why Caleb's an Enneagram three, that, that is why. But it's a great chapter and I'm 10 verses in, but I'm realizing uh, that I'm just going to make, like, I'll just set uh so my goal, my goals were reset at the beginning of October. So my goal is just to get halfway through the book and then I'll finish memorizing the rest um, in the next chapter, in the next <laughs> 90 days. I didn't realize you didn't know that. It's funny seeing your real life. No, I didn't know this. <laughs> it's funny. Why <laughs> did you think that? Oh, boy. Hey, to be Again, fair. Again, evidence that he's an Enneagram 3. Hey, to be fair. Present. I'm 10 verses in. Okay, so those are some of the books that I've been reading. Uh, let's talk about uh, things we've been learning from life recently. You want me to go first? Do you want to go first? You go first. Okay. Well, one of the things I've been mentioning He's going to preach his sermon first is uh, just realizing how um, how selfless love is, and um, and that and that it requ- that it really does require something from you. And that that's okay, and that um, and that the ultimate goal of love or the ultimate goal of marriage should be how can we out how can we outserve each other, you know, uh, and just really being challenged by that whenever it comes to whenever it comes to the people that I'm looking to to date and even potentially marry one day is looking for is this a self is this person a selfless person. And just evaluating them against that and looking into that. Um, I think another thing is just the importance of keeping perspective of, you know, remembering, you know, we've heard it, remembering your why, remembering, you know, how your circumstances are growing you. And that's something that, like, I feel like I need to remind myself a lot of right now because it's just, I hate using, I absolutely hate using the term that it's a busy season right now. Um, because it always feels like it's a busy season. Yeah, when is it not? Well, yeah, but this feels like an abnormally busy season right now, um, just with a lot of responsibilities that I got at my job and a lot of thing, a lot of different things that I would say work in particular pulling at me, um, and just trying to just trying to manage through that and trying to lead well, and then. I think this kind of goes into the other thing. If you know our our friend and mentor Kevin West tells us all the time this that slow with people is fast, and that fast with people is slow, and that some, most of the time the best approach is a lot slower than what you would like it to be. But the, in the end, you'll be able to go a lot further because of that. 
And then uh, something else that has really been uh, standing out to me a lot is, um, is I've been remembering a lot of the quote from Teddy Roosevelt. You know, the, I'll just, I have it up here, but it's, it's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds? Who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. And I've just realized that showing up in the arena is not a one-time decision. It's a decision that you need to make every single day. And just realizing that that's scary. It's scary and it's tough and it's exhausting. But I'm banking on it that it's worth it. So that's some of the stuff I've been learning about. What about you, Todd? So <clears throat> beginning of the summer, uh, my creativity died. It literally did. So We almost had a funeral for it. So I pride myself on being rather creative. Um, I'm the idea guy. And I have a lot of times kind of found pride in that, um, which that's a whole other conversation. But I love being the idea guy. And I don't know what it is. I just see the world, I think, a lot of times through different lenses than other people do. And I just, I don't know. I can sit for hours in Starbucks and I can fill sheets and sheets and sheets of paper up in notebooks and it just with ideas or, hey, what if we, you know, I love the question. I always, my, my favorite, one of my favorite questions is what if, like, what if we did this? Like, what would happen if, Caleb, what's something I tell you all the time? I say, hey, I want you to say wow and not how. That's Andy Stanley, right? Yep. I want you to say wow, not how, because Todd's going to talk about how we're going to turn this podcast into an international conference. Because we're not going to say how, we're going to say wow, right? Creativity. Creativity in writing, creativity in leadership, all these things. This is, this is what I do. Beginning of the summer, it died. And Caleb and I are not talking about like, I just was tired and needed to rest. No, I literally couldn't think correctly about anything that well, had to do. you were also tired and needed to rest. Well, there's that too. <laughs> well, It was like the faucet shut off. A week goes by, another week goes by, and it's just gone. It's gone. Just nothing there. I would sit in Starbucks literally for two, three hours and just stare at the paper while listening to like 50 Cent or something like that because that's the kind of music I listen to whenever I'm... I think we have an idea of what kind of music Creating here, exactly. And, and I'm just sitting there, I'm staring at these pieces of paper, and this goes on for a week, two weeks, a month. We're into July. I'm going, oh, no, it's gone. We're in July. What is going on? It keeps going on. We're, into, we're, we're getting closer to August, and I'm just going, what? Something's wrong with me. Like, something is wrong with me. Well, let's be real. We're in August, and still, we get it's into not August. Coming. It's still not working. Two days ago. Three days ago, I finally am sitting in Starbucks and the creativity comes back and I just wanted to teach you about what I've learned about this. Creativity is not a magical thing that all of us possess. Creativity is three things. Creativity is hard work. It's not easy to be creative. I think we oftentimes think of the genius that sits in the, in the, in the back room of a, of a coffee shop and it comes up with craziness. And that's what a lot of times I've thought creativity is. Creativity is hard work. Creativity is studying things. Creativity 
is watching everything. Creativity is consuming things. So creativity is hard work. We don't just wake up in the morning and act creative. We have to build and develop habits. We have to build and develop processes, and we have to make time for creativity. Stephen, um, Stephen King, who's the great um, horror fiction writer, um, he talks about how every morning when he gets up, he has a routine, and part of his routine is whether he feels like it or not, he will sit at his table for about two hours. And if he writes 10 words, he writes 10 words. If he writes 1,000 words, he writes 1,000 words. It doesn't matter. He sits and he makes time for it and prioritizes it and makes sure that he sits there for the full amount of time. Creativity is hard work. The second thing that I learned is that creativity is often impacted. We don't think it is, but it's often impacted by our circumstances that we're facing in life. I was tired, more tired than I have been since my dad died seven years ago. I was tired. I had come out of a busy ministry season and was jumping right into a new church. I switched churches that I worked at, and it just died. And part of the reason was because I hadn't done this part. I hadn't done the work on myself to be able to maintain it. I think often of, of um, Uncle Ben and Spider-Man and how um, Uncle Ben tells Peter, he says, with great power comes with great responsibility. I have two superpowers in my life, people and creativity. And when I don't do the work behind the scenes to maintain myself, those two, are, those two superpowers are impacted more than anything else in the world. My patience with people, my ability to communicate with people, my, the level of care I have for people. If I'm not taking care of myself and making sure that I'm well-rested, that goes away. And it's the same thing with creativity. Creativity is simply the act of looking at something through a different lens than normal. That's all that creativity is. And so for me, what I've discovered is that when I do not take care of myself, my creativity suffers. And it's then work to get back to a spot where you can tap into it again. Third thing that I've learned just, just through this season is that my worth is not defined by my ability to create. I'm a Christian. I work in a church. But, but before the church thing, I, I am a follower of Jesus. That's, that's what I define myself as. And I believe that God created every person as a creative person. And the reason why is because God is a creative being. God creates because God creates. He made us to be able to create. Now, you might not be a painter. You might not be an artist. But you create in other ways. Accountants are some of the most creative people I've ever met. Accountants are incredibly creative. The, the way that they have to think through numbers and how they can figure out numbers and what to do with them. They're incredibly creative people. Caleb, who is a three on the Enneagram, which means he's an achiever. Caleb is great whenever he's thinking about problems and when he's thinking about processes and how, how things work. He's incredibly creative with the ways that he comes up with things. He's also working on a book. He's doing all sorts of things like that. He's incredibly creative. People who you might not think of as creative, they're creative. And the reason why is because God made us to be that way. But my creativity does not define who I am. In other words, my output does not define who I am. The quality of the things that I create does not define who I am. And for me, because I'm a Christian, because I'm a person who follows Jesus, that relationship with Jesus and the fact that Jesus died on the cross for me he died on the cross for everybody, but because personally, with my personal relationship with him, he died on the cross for me. Because of that, that is what defines me. The fact that he did that so that I could spend forever with him. That is what defines who I am. Not my creativity. Not my ability with people. Not my, my, my ability to be social and fun and have all these, these great things. Not even the things that you and I learn and what we talk about every month. Mm -hmm. None of that defines who I am. That's what I've learned this month. Boom. But technically, you've only learned that in like the last three days. Fine. I'm just kidding. Anyway. Touche. <laughs> On that note, that's all the stuff that we've learned in August 2019 and some of the resources that we've learned from. If you want to check out anything, Feel free to look back in the show notes. We'll have links to everything there. Also, be on the lookout for our next episode, which will be dropping 
And thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the Learner's Corner podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to the podcast and you won't miss our next episode. And we'll be releasing them a little bit more frequently now. We're getting back into the... The, the swing the, of things. The swing of things. Exactly. A A A. Well, thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the Learner's Corner podcast. My name is Caleb Mason. My name is not Caleb Mason. It's in fact Todd Ixenball. And until next time, keep learning and keep growing. Deuces, y'all.